All right, what up, y'all? So I'm back with another episode, and today I'm going to be talking about the old school and the new school saints. And this is an extension of an Instagram reel that I posted where I was basically just talking about how I believe that a lot of Christians my age, I'm 24 years old to provide context, I believe a lot of Christians my age, they talk bad about the old saints because they feel as if the old saints were religious, that they were legalistic, that they were judgmental, and that they were toxic. And and they they just had so many other things that were wrong with them. This is what a lot of people say. And, you know, at the end of the day, my perspective is people are people. And it doesn't matter what generation you look at, you are going to find something wrong with somebody. So the old saints definitely had things wrong with them. I believe, you know, a lot of them dealt with being judgmental and being religious and sticking to their culture. And, you know, that can very much so be the case. But I think just like the old saints have their flaws, so do we. And... I think after just really just pondering on this, I'm realizing why there's not as much. There is. Don't like hear what I'm saying. There is. But people in America are not really experiencing the power of God like they did back in those days. And the reason why is because majority of Christians in America in this new time, are carnal Christians. And carnality stops your access to the realm of the spirit. So while the old saints are flawed or were flawed in their own right, um, and while they were toxic in their own right, and they probably dealt with a little bit of religiosity in their own right, they have seen Jesus And they have experienced Jesus in ways corporately that we have never seen. And it's true. And time time can attest to that. History can attest to that. And it doesn't mean that there's no, and don't hear what I'm not saying. It does not mean that in this new age or in this new time of the faith that there are not, um, that there are not, uh, houses that experience the power of God, but what it means is the power of God is a lot more rare in these times than it was back then. And I believe one of the reasons why is because people back then carried the fear of the Lord. So one of the things that I said in the real, in the extension of my real, was there were certain things that people back then there wasn't a need to have a conversation for. For example, it was not a debate whether if homosexuality was okay. It was not a debate on whether if it was okay to smoke weed or to use your Zodiac sign or to astral project or to be a Christian and do yoga and participate in witchcraft and all this other foolishness. This was not a debate for people. And it wasn't, they weren't debating it because they were prideful. It wasn't about them shutting down and not being open to hearing people's perspectives. They didn't debate 
because they had a fear of God to where they said, God, I'm not going to touch anything that doesn't even look like you. I'm not going to touch anything that doesn't have your aura. And our generation, what I've noticed is that we lack the fear of the Lord. So I grew up in an old school Baptist church and there were certain things that I experienced that weren't necessarily um, biblical as in like the Bible never says to do this, but I noticed that their culture, it really ushered me into the fear of the Lord as a young man. So one of the, some of the things that happened in my church when I was growing up is something that could not happen is children could not play on the pulpit or they couldn't run around the church. In my church, they, they would cut that mess out. Another thing that they would do is Christ, or, or people, people would not be able to walk and do a whole lot of fiddling or fidgeting when the word of God was being expressed. Or when they read the word, they would stand for the reading of God's word. But Or if there was ushers at the door, if the pastor was reading the scripture, nobody could walk in or walk out of the sanctuary while he or she was reading the scripture. And that was just the rule of the house. And these are things that are not enlisted in scripture. And I know a lot of people would consider these things religious or whatever, but these sort of things helped us for the folks that were raised in that kind of environment. These kind of things helped us to not be familiar with the things of God. And so for me as a young man who was raised in that, I see the benefit of my, I see how my relationship with God to this day benefits from that. I am not a perfect man. But I really believe that I am somebody who is obedient to the voice of God. When God gives me an instruction and he speaks to me, I don't take it lightly. When I go to the house of the Lord, I don't take it lightly. These kinds of things helped me to not be overly familiar with the things of God. So even studying the word, the reason why I'm, I'm, I'm going to get into this are the new culture of Christianity is satisfied with worship songs that are unbiblical. And the reason why they're satisfied with those songs is because they don't read their word. And it, because if you knew what the scripture says, you, cause this has happened to me a couple of times. If you knew what the scripture says, you'd be lifting your hands sometimes to these worship songs in some of these churches. And you begin to raise your eyebrows because this stuff is not theologically accurate. But the reason why that people are satisfied off of this false worship is because they are not, they are not pulling to get to know God for themselves. Another thing that the old saints had that we struggle to have in this new day and age is we don't want to pray. We lack endurance in the place of prayer. And that's why we don't see God like the old saints did. Look, you can call them old mothers religious all you want. You could call them old deacons religious all you want. But I tell you what, they will outlast us in the place of prayer every time. And it's not because they're better than us. It's not because they're greater than us or it's not because God loves them more. It's because they were more disciplined and faithful. Even when you look at this time, if we look at even the element or the institution of marriage, divorces are much higher than they were back then. 
And while I understand that people are toxic and people are difficult, now we are in a time where divorce is glorified. It is glorified to not last through something. It is glorified to not endure through something. It is glorified to not stick something out. And so we now have a people in Christianity nowadays where Christianity is now, it is now, um, it is targeted to be seeker friendly. And so now we're in a place to where the Holy Ghost can't even interrupt our services. And we forgot that Jesus is the head of the church. They were more sensitive to the spirit of God back then because they would acknowledge him. So I think as well, something we need to do is even in the midst of their religiosity, even in the midst of them being toxic and not knowing everything about God, right? I think we need to really make sure that we honor where we come from because we're not the best at what we're doing either. What we are a lot of times in our generation what I see is carnality. What I see is passivity to the things of God. You go through a hard season and the first thing you cut off is church. The first thing you cut off is prayer. The first thing you cut off are things associated with your Christian walk. That shows me the prioritization of where Jesus is in your heart. Why is it that when we go through hard seasons, the first thing that gets cut off is the things of God? And we think this is, this is another thing, too. It's not, it's not about culture. There were certain things that the old saints had that, yes, it was associated with their culture. But I said this in my, um, I said this in my reel, a lot of things weren't culture. They were kingdom. There were a lot of things that the old saints had a grasp on that it wasn't based on their culture. It was based on, it was based on the kingdom of God. Example. If you go into a old church today and hear me out, I'm not hating on it. I'm not hating on it. But what I'm saying is if you go into an old school church, they didn't have all these lights. All right. They didn't have all these fog machines. They didn't have all that. If somebody stayed in the church, it was going to be because God was moving. If somebody wanted to come to church, it wasn't because the church looked attractive. It was because the presence of God dwelt there. And so I'm not against the cool lights. I'm not against the fog machines. I'm not against the big screens. These are things that look nice. I'm not saying that God does not want the sanctuary to look nice or look presentable or even look cool. But what I'm saying is we can use that as a substitute for the true power of God. We are still debating on deliverance. We are still debating on if Christians can still have demons. The word possession is not in the Greek. It's not about you being possessed by a demon. It's about the fact that you as a believer can be influenced by a demon. And one of the ways that we expel the influence of a demon from your life is by casting it out. Jesus went throughout the synagogues casting out demons. Jesus said to Peter, get thee behind me, Satan. That means Satan was operating in Peter. This is basic doctrine that we are still debating on to this day. Beyond this, the carnality in the church is grieving to the heart of God. I'm, I'm going to say it. The fact that a man of God thought it was appropriate to swag serve in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we really think 
that Jesus would have done this. We really think so. We think Jesus was okay with you playing walk it out in the church. We think Jesus would be okay with you marrying a lesbian couple. We really think this. This this is sad to me. I'm not arguing with anybody. I just see people going back and forth with these kinds of things. And it's so sad to me because we really think that Jesus would be okay with this kind of stuff. And I'm grieved because I'm like, people don't know the real Jesus. They don't. They have no idea who he is because this is not the stuff that he would endorse. It is not. When we, when we look at the way that he moved in the scriptures, even the fact that hell is not spoken of as much anymore in the pulpit, we need to be open and we shouldn't be condemning people. We shouldn't be trying to um, we shouldn't be trying to judge them and say, oh, I know where you're going. But Jesus was not afraid to talk about hell in the Bible. And this is the thing. Oh, God, we forget because even when we think about the fear of the Lord. There, there, people say, oh, there's not a level of fear that you should have when it comes to God in regards to you being terrified. That is not biblical. You all can check me as I quote this. There is a scripture in the Bible that says, knowing the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. There is a level of terror that you have with God. And it doesn't mean that you're scared of him or that you're scared to interact with him, but it's this level of awe and reverence of knowing that he is God and I am not, and I can't just live any kind of way that I want. I can't just do whatever I want. I can't just be how be however I want. It's, it's so sad that we are in a place to where people in Christianity now, they it's like, if something is not sin, let's try it. No, the Bible literally says that all things are permissible, but not all things are beneficial. So what I'm saying is the dividing line of sin and righteousness, it's like the saints are trying their hardest to get as close to the line without touching it. Okay. I am in a relationship I do not live with my girlfriend. My girlfriend has never been alone with me in an apartment. Is that scriptural? Is there a scripture in the word that says, Jesse, you cannot be alone with your significant other in a house? No, there's no scripture in that. But there's a level of fear and love that I have for God that I want to limit any possibility of me going into a situation that could put me further from him. That's the heart posture. That's the heart posture that a lot of us lack. And that's a heart posture that a lot of the old saints had, which is why they saw God. And I'm not talking about people encountering God individually. I'm talking about a corporate generational move of the spirit that God wants to release, but he will not release it with carnality. He will not release it with passivity. He won't. And so in the, with the, with what the old saints understood is they understood the fear of the Lord. Were they wrong in so many things? Yes, absolutely. Were they judgmental in a lot of ways? Absolutely. Were they religious? Absolutely. But there were a lot of things that they experienced that we did not experience. And I'm telling you, it's because of where they were 
in their viewpoint of the Lord. It's sad, but it's true. And so I think now as a generation, we are trying to overcompensate from where we come from because we, we, we desire to not be like the old saints so much that now we've slipped into carnality and we're not even aware of it. We are having conversations that are elementary in the faith. Paul speaks about this. These are, these are, these are elementary principles and teachings in the faith. This is not coming from a place of pride. This is coming from a place of when you know Jesus. This is the thing. Let me tell you something. Because a lot of people don't understand this. It, it, and it's, it's, a hard, it's a hard pill to swallow today. We're, we're, we're just going to speak the truth. But if somebody in Christ is still immature, right, it is, it is on them. And the reason why I'm saying this is because there was even a season in my life where I was asking God to put me around a people and now he placed me in a church. I go to Nova Hub Church, an amazing church. But there was a season where I didn't have people around me, where I did not have community around me. And I had to lean into God. I didn't know everything, but I had a heart to learn Jesus. I had a heart to know God. And so if you have the heart posture to seek the Lord and to know him, he will reveal himself unto you. The Bible says in James chapter four, if we draw near to God, he will draw near unto us. So even if you don't know anything, the Bible says you cannot come in the kingdom of God unless you come as a child. Children, they are unaware. They're innocent. They don't know all of the information. You don't need to know all of the scriptures to know who God is. You don't need to know all of the all of the teachings and all of the Greek and all of the Hebrew to be introduced in a realm of intimacy to the Lord. You just have to have a heart posture to know him and he will work with that. But a lot of Christians are stagnant. And the reason why a lot of them are stagnant is because honestly, a lot of these Christians don't even know what the point of salvation was. Salvation was not meant for you to be. It wasn't just meant for you to be saved. It was meant for you to walk in your purpose. This is why the Bible said that Jesus said that I am the resurrection and the life, right? So the power of resurrection, when Jesus said he is the resurrection, that just means his resurrecting power. That means his revival, his, his ability to revive something. What that means simply is that you go from the place of death to life. So you were once dead and now you're living. But when he says, I am the life as well, that means that he is the Zoe. The Greek word Zoe, it means the fullness of life. So that means you can be resurrected, but not operate in the fullness of your life. So you've been rescued from hellfire, but you haven't walked in your purpose. Jesus, help us. You've been, you've, you've, you have been, I feel the fear of the Lord with this kind of stuff, man. Cause people don't, people don't realize what's going to happen in the, in the day of judgment. You, you are saved from hellfire, but you did not walk in who God has called you to be. You only got saved for selfish reasons. You only got saved so you could get out of a so you could get a get out of hell free card, but you didn't get saved so you could pursue your purpose in God. You experienced the resurrection, but you didn't experience the life. If if the life the Zoe of God is the fullness of life, that means that there is an emptiness of life. That means that there is a life that can be void of something. What is it void of? It's void of the purpose and the reason why God created you to exist. And people don't realize this, man. People really don't realize this, man. 
there is going to be more than one judgment. Oh my gosh. So this is why I be telling people, if you know that God has called you to be a prophet, an apostle, an evangelist, a teacher, or a pastor, bro, the Bible says that we teachers receive a stricter judgment. If God has called you to be a senior leader of a church, do not play with this kind of stuff. We teachers receive a stricter judgment. We think that that means that that's only from the place of teaching. And we think if we just reject the call, that we won't get judged because we didn't step into the form of leadership. Do you know that every person who is in the faith, after they receive their eternal judgment and they God welcomes them into the kingdom, there's going to be a second judgment where you will stand before your commissioner, O Dala Bahasha, you will stand before your commissioner, the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will give a report and you will give an account on what you did with the purpose that he revealed unto you. We glorify not stepping in the will of God. It's called false humility. Oh, God, I ain't want to do that because I know that that comes with a stricter judgment. Okay, so what? God called you. And if you love him like you say you do, you'll step into the call. Jesus said, ye are my friends if you do whatsoever I commanded you. Not every Christian is a friend of God because not every Christian is obedient. Not every, not every Christian is going to obey God like Abraham. Not every Christian is God's friend. He's your friend, but you're not his. It's a difference. He's a friend unto you, but you're not a friend unto him. And so I really, I really hope that people that are listening to this podcast are really gripped by the fear of the Lord, are really gripped by the revelation that I'm trying to share with you because this stuff is important, okay? It doesn't matter what you are doing. You will give an, you will give an account on who God has called you to be and the work that you have done will be tested. If you are doing a work, it doesn't matter if you're talented or if you're if you have an ability to do it. If it is not what God has called you to do, you're going to give an account for that. Mm. The Lord is going to walk amongst the churches and see who has oil in their lampstand. It's a real thing. And, and the reason why so many young people, because this is, this is my grievance, as young people, we have a burden because we feel like the youth have been silenced in the church for so long. We feel like the cry of the youth has not been heard, right, due to the old saints not knowing how to cater to the youth, which in a certain way is accurate. But what I'm seeing now is we are using other things to try to entertain the youth. We're using rap music, which isn't bad if it's Christian rap music. It's not bad, but I want you to hear me. We're using rap music. We're using cool designs. We're using Yeezys and Air Jordans and jean jackets and piercings and tattoos. We're using these things to pull in the youth when what they need is the presence of God. 
Do you know the presence of God can grip any person regardless of their age? I tell you one thing, you bring these bloods and these crypts in here and they encounter the Lord Jesus. Oh, I tell you what, they won't need any smoke. They won't need any LED lights. They won't need any rap music no more. I tell you what, the presence of God will flow over them and knock them to the floor and they'll be convinced it's the presence of God that these children need. It's the presence of God that these young people need. It's the power of the Lord Jesus Christ, what they need. And you know why we ain't doing it? It's because a lot of us don't know how to demonstrate. We don't know how to demonstrate. Paul said what? When I came to you, my words were not that of lofty speech or eloquent speech, but it was by demonstration of the spirit and of power. And what it shows me is this. The reason why we love hearing talk is because we don't got no power. We enjoy the art of being an orator. We enjoy the intelligence and people having the degrees and didactically breaking down the text, which it's dumb to do that if you didactically break down the text. But the people that are hearing you didactically break down the text aren't receiving revelation of who Jesus is. The point is not for you to sound intelligent. The point is for you to give them Jesus. And if Jesus wasn't given, then you failed. If you went through the Greek and the Hebrew and you said all of these big words, you failed in your assignment because Jesus was not revealed. The spirit of God didn't grip nobody. Oh, gosh, I'm sorry y'all hear my frustration, but I'm burdened about this kind of stuff because a lot of this as well is we have preachers that came from the old time way and departed it because they were swayed by the people and not Jesus. So they were swayed by what the people wanted. And so they go into carnality so that they can remain relevant. And it's sad. God is not pleased. And he wants so much better for us. He wants to encounter us. Hear me. He wants to encounter us, but he won't. If we stay like this, he will not encounter us corporately. And you'll have the remnant of the people. You'll have the remnant of the people that will go into their home every day and experience the presence of God, that will walk with God. But I'm talking about a corporate move of the spirit that will take place from New York to California, from Cali to Texas, from Texas to Florida. I'm talking about that kind of move of the spirit where the Holy Ghost erupts all throughout the nation. But we got to set order in these churches. We got to set order in our ministries. We got to set order as ministers. We got to get on one accord. We can't be debating this foolishness. We have to stand for righteousness. Oh, God. And so there were things that the old saints had that it wasn't old church culture, but it was actually aligned with the kingdom and that's why they saw him in ways that we never did and i know a lot of young people that could listen to this podcast and their their ego can be hurt their pride can be hurt and honestly when you come to the revelation it's not fun to hear but any person that is truly connected to the holy ghost knows for a fact that back then they encountered greater levels of power than we have ever seen there was a level in god that they touched that this Christianity doesn't even know exists yet. It's true. If you really look at it and you discern the times that we are in and you really pray and ask the Holy Ghost to show you, you will see that the old saints corporately, I'm talking about, they corporately experienced the power and the anointing of God in ways that we didn't even experience. You want to know how I know? 
is because we, we listen to worship leaders that are not anointed. They're talented, but they're not anointed. And the reason why we don't discern the anointing is because the, the reason why we don't discern the anointing is because we ourselves are not truly anointed to the degree to where we can discern it. What is the anointing? It simply means God's approval. So the greater level of the anointing on your life, the greater level of the approval of God on your life. But I have heard so many times where people have sung and it, it ain't nothing in the atmosphere shaking. Seriously, we go to churches. Prophecy is non-essential. When the Bible says, do not despise prophecy, every church should prophesy. Every church should move in deliverance. It's, it, it blows my mind that people have driven two hours, two plus hours to our church because the church that they go to does not do deliverance. What is happening? What is happening? And I don't debate this kind of stuff because I don't debate what is obvious with scripture. Every church should be casting out devils. And I'm not saying you need to cast out devils every single day. But if you call yourself a church, an entity of the Lord Jesus Christ, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, there is no way that somebody should come into your church bound with demons and ask for deliverance and you are not able to offer it. How grieving to the Lord is that? We are debating if deliverance is necessary. I'm not glorifying deliverance. I'm not one of those people that do that. But what I'm saying is, it's, it's, it's so sad to me that we can go to a church and it is normal to not experience the supernatural power of God. It's normal. It's normal now. It's normal. Our regular services, worship, singing, preaching, and then we'll do an altar call and then we'll go home. But even the word repentance we got to start telling folks that we 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 have to we got we got to start telling we got to start telling folks that you're not demonstrating the fruit of a saved individual and it's not us judging jesus said ye shall know them by their fruits also people misunderstand that concept of do not judge lest ye be judged what it is saying what that scripture is saying is right that the same measure that you judge is the same measure that will be judged unto you. That scripture does not mean that we should not be judging. What it means is it just means that the standard of righteousness that you judge others to walk in, you need to make sure that you're walking in. So the fact that people are not opening their mouth and judging what is going on shows that people aren't truly living at a standard in God. Because... I can call out sin because I'm not walking in sin. It's a simple concept. The Bible says, ye who is spiritual judges all things. So what we do is we create this narrative in the scriptures that does not exist because we as a Christian culture are not living to the standard of God. So because ain't nobody living holy, let everybody just shut their mouth and say nothing. And so the culture is trying to silence the people of righteousness to not point out the wickedness in the church. 
the wickedness in the lives of people that claim to serve the Lord Jesus. But I'm telling you, Jesus would confront this kind of stuff. Even when people would say that Jesus would, what did, what did people say? People said, Jesus ate with the sinners. Jesus ate with the tax collectors. Do y'all know that when Jesus was eating with the sinners and the tax collectors, do you know where he was? He was in Levi's house. You want to know who Levi was? Levi is translated to Matthew. Levi was Jesus's disciple. So Jesus ate with the disciples. Jesus ate with the tax collectors and the sinners in his jurisdiction. People don't get that. He didn't just go to the strip club and start talking to folk. And I mean, look, if God leads you to do that, so be it. And you just have to stand on God. If he led you to do that, that's just something that you got to stand with. But when Jesus ate with the sinners and the tax collectors, he was in Levi's house. He wasn't just out in the open. He was in a house where he was Lord in. He was in a house where he had jurisdiction. So we utilize that scripture so we can give way to our carnal behavior and our carnal desires. And the reason why people want to be so carnal in the Christian faith is because y'all were not praying. We're not seeking the face of God. That's why we want to be like the world. Because the reason why anybody wants to be more like Jesus is because they've encountered him and they realize he's better than anything that this world could have to offer. So what it shows me is this, the fact that the church overall, I'm not saying it's everybody, but a lot of Christians, a lot of churches, a lot of things that we're seeing now in this time, a lot of reasons why people are hungry for carnality and the culture of the world is because they are void of the presence of God in their lives. Because the Bible says in his presence, there is what? Fullness. So the Christians are running empty. And so instead of seeking for their um, fullness in the presence of God, they're seeking it in being like the world. They're seeking it in keeping up with the culture of the world. And it is sad. It's sad and it's very unfortunate. So these are just my thoughts, man. And like, yo, like I get it. The old saints, they missed it in a lot of ways. And God is doing a new thing now. And I'm not trying to dookie on this generation because there, there, are, there are powerful things that I'm seeing God do in this generation. And it's real. It's a real thing. But I'm telling you, them, them old saints had the fear of the Lord in ways that we don't. The Bible says that the Lord reveals his secrets to those that fear that fear him. The Bible says that the fear of the Lord is clean. So there's there's an essence of cleanliness and godliness that you have to have in order for the fear of the Lord. And I'm telling you right now, I'm grateful. When, when I was growing up, church wasn't an option for me. My mom and my dad, no, you're going to church. Whether if you feel it, whether if you feel this or not, no, you're going to church because as for me in my house, we serve the Lord. So as long as you stand up in here, boy, you go into the house of God. And some people will say that that's toxic and you're not letting your children live and be free range and all of that. And people say all this stuff like we're not a monolith and there's so many other perspectives. And this is why we're confused because we're not a monolith, but we have so many different perspectives and so many ways of looking at things to the point to where there's a quote that says, if you chase two rabbits, you'll catch neither. So now we're not even decided on something. Now it's, oh, let's do this or let's do that and let's do that. But there's no, there's no direction because we're swayed so easily. And we, gotta, we, we, have, we have to seek the Lord for this generation. We have to ask the Lord, okay, God, like, Put a hunger on the inside of us for your presence. Put a desire 
for put a desire in us for the things of God, for righteousness and for holiness. God, help us as a ministry, as a church, as people who are called to lead the church. God, help us to be in a place to where we don't rely on anything else but the presence of God. Help us to not use lights and fog machines and worship songs, right? Because even with worship, we we try to pull the people in by entertaining them with an eventful song. But the what, what's going to keep the church lasting in this season is the power of God, is the tangible God, and is the tangible presence of God. I'm telling you what I know. If churches don't have the presence of God, these saints, they're going to leave these churches because at the end of the day, they're comfortable, but they're dying. They're comfortable, but they're depressed. They're comfortable, but they have voids. And so all they know is they're getting up and driving to this church and God is not showing up for them because the ministry lacks the presence of God. But he, God wants churches that have his presence. He wants ministries that have his presence. He wants people that have his presence. In this young generation, the way that we will draw them, saints, is not going to be because of the fact that we wear Yeezys. It's not going to be because we wear, wear Air Jordans or jean jackets or gold chains or piercings or the fact that we have tattoos. What's going to keep these kids before the Lord is encountering his presence and his presence alone. That's what it's going to be. We can draw them in with the fog machines and the lights and the nice interior designs. But I'm telling you, it ain't going to keep them. Or if they stay, they won't truly have a revelation on who Jesus is because they won't be experiencing him for real. They'll be experiencing the enjoyment and the entertainment and the flattery that the church provides. That's what it is. That's what it is. That's what it is, fam. So it, it's not going to keep them. And this is the thing. When when they go, folk, the Bible says, raise up a child in the way they should go. And when they are older, they will not depart from it. So even when these children, Lord willing, if they walk with God, but sometimes children stray, stray away for a season. But if these children encounter the power of God, they can never, that can't be shaken off of them. It can't be because it's what it, it's in them now. They have truly seen that God is God and it's going it's going to let the Holy Ghost pull them back to repentance. I'm telling you. So, like I said, the old saints, I get it. They have their flaws. But I'm telling you right now, there was some things that they knew they had discipline in their prayer life. My grandma, she is consistent in her prayer life, wakes up. Every morning seeks the face of God. It'd be dark in the morning. She wakes up so early and there's an anointing on her that I know that she has because of the old time way. Is she perfect? No. Are there perspectives that she has that might not be completely perfect? Yeah, probably. But I tell you what, that woman of God, as soon as she lifts her hands, Jesus comes in that room. They, they, they had it. I'm telling you, the old saints had it. And they still got it. Even when you encounter the old saints today, though today, those that are walking with God, they don't even got to do much. They don't got to yell. They just open their mouth and you just feel the Holy Ghost. It's like the Holy Ghost done backhand you. It's because they had a walk with him. In the midst of their imperfection, they feared God and they wanted to be holy. And holiness is not about 
external thing. It's about an internal thing. So I am not advocating for religiosity. And I'm not saying that you got to go to church in suits and ties or anything. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is they had a level of holiness that we don't have today. And it's the truth. They have a level of the fear of the Lord. And when you, because this is the thing, there's a remnant in the earth right now of people in this generation that truly fear God, of people in this generation that truly want God, of people in this generation that are truly aware of the presence of God and knowing that it's only the presence of God that will provide the answer to society. It is only the power of the Lord Jesus Christ that will make the church relevant. I'm telling you what I know. And the reason why so many, I'm telling you, this is what I know. The reason why so many saints are leaving the faith is because they truly ain't encounter his power like that. A lot of the saints are being brought in by enjoyable ideologies, um, doctrines that appeal to their itching ears. A lot of saints are coming to the to a lot of saints are coming to the kingdom because they're hearing what they want to hear not what they need to hear. So they're coming because God said he'll bless you and he'll give you your heart's desire, not because you need to repent and you've been gripped with the conviction of the Holy Spirit. That's, that, that's why people are coming. And so what caused them to come is going to be their foundation to stay. So if they come on the basis of I came because my relationship with God is expected to be sunshine and rainbows and flowers. Well, when it's not that, what does the Bible say? When the winds and the waves beat on the house, either it falls or it stands. And it's because of what its foundation is built on, which is the word. We need the word. We need the presence of God. We need the power of God. Hey, I appreciate y'all listening. And I'll be back soon with another episode. Deuces.